0: in a series the last couple uh we just started actually last week and the name of that series is called messy miracle and my heart in this message in this series is that we have to understand that we all have a picture of what we think and the way that we want when it comes to god uh, on how we expect god to do things But it's very amusing that what we find out actually is the way that God does things is completely contrary to even what we would like. Last week, we talked about the idea of how we would expect things to go quickly. We would expect that when God asked us to do something that he would show up. And we looked at the story of Lazarus and how it was in the waiting that God showed up. And it wasn't until Lazarus was dead that God showed up. We talked about the idea about how many of us, we want things to continue to live, but the truth of it is, in a messy miracle, God will often allow things to die so he can be glorified. And we discussed on the idea of how Jesus strategically waited until four days because the crowds would have gathered by then. And it was in that crowd that Jesus would would be able to show the power of God for many that day to come. To believe. And it's the reality that what we find out in our own life is sometimes it's after the aftermath when God gets the greatest glory. And tonight I want to come to you again with another just messy miracle. A miracle that if we were going to paint a story on what it would look like, if we would want to tell a story in a way that that, that would seem, seem powerful and seem intriguing, I don't think we would have wrote it in accordance to the way that Mark wrote it in Mark chapter five, because I want to talk to you tonight on the idea of understanding when it comes to miracles, that there are some miracles that will only be activated in your life by movement. See, I think a lot of times there's a mentality that we want miracles just to show up. We want miracles to manifest. But what happens when the miracle won't happen until you get up? What happens if, what, what, come on, let me talk to the person tonight. That what happens when the miracle ain't coming to you, but you got to get up and you got to go to your miracle? I want to talk to you tonight about the fact that your miracle requires movement. Your miracle requires movement. Mark chapter 5 and verse 24. There's an incredible story in the Bible that shows us just how a woman's movement activated her miracle. Mark chapter 5 and verse 24. And so Jesus went with him and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. Everyone say pressed. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had and yet instead of getting better she only grew worse. And when she had heard about Jesus, she came up behind him and in the crowd and touched the cloak. as one translation says, the hem of his garment. I want you to catch something. She moved. She pressed past the crowd. She moved into her miracle. And verse 28 said, because she thought that if I could just touch his clothes... I will be healed. And immediately, everyone say that word, immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that you use the messy in our lives to demonstrate the most powerful miracles. God, you truly are the God of the mess. God, I'm so thankful, God, that you get in the mess with us. You'll move in the mess, God. Lord, I've heard people say that you don't bless mess, but God, I know that to be a lie because, God, it was in my messy moment. It was in my muddy moments, God. It was in my murky moments that you showed up and manifested your power. It was in the moments, God, that when I thought it was all over, it was in the moments, God, where I was bleeding out spiritually, God, that you met me where I was and you moved in my life in such a powerful way, God, that I know, God, that you move miraculously in the mess. God, my prayer is tonight that as we would focus on your word, God, that hearts would hear the message, that it may be messy, but if we'll just move, there's a miracle. God, we're believing for the miraculous even here tonight in Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen. Turn to somebody next to you, somebody that you're comfortable saying to. Nudge them and tell them, say, your miracle requires movement. Your miracle requires movement. See, there are some miracles that will only happen because you move. Can I tell you something? That there is a blessing in the pressing. I love how the Bible says that she pressed through the crowd. And I really want to emphasize on that, that idea of pressing tonight because your miracle is on the other side of your movement. Some of you watch this. Some of you, the, the, the difficulty of your life is not that it's dead. It's that your movement is dead. It's that you quit moving. It's that you've stayed in that same predicament. You've stayed in that same situation, and you're saying, God, where are you? God, I I feel like I'm all alone in this. But I love the fact that the Bible tells me that when this woman heard that Jesus was coming into town, she got up from where she was. The Bible tells me that she had this issue of blood, and just to be real with you tonight, she had her menstrual cycle for 12 years. It would not stop flowing. She was bleeding, which was even a common thing in that day, because according to Levitical law that, the, uh, that said that when she was in her menstrual cycle, she would have been considered unclean. For this woman to go out even into the marketplace, she wouldn't have been able to. Because if she came out of the house, everywhere she went, she would have to yell through the crowds, unclean unclean, unclean, unclean. And the crowds would move away because they would not want to be contaminated. They did not know whether it was leprosy, but they knew that there was some kind of infirmity that under Levitical law, she would have been considered unclean. Can you imagine? Come on, somebody. That's what religion will do. Woo, let me go ahead and preach that. That's what religion does. Religion says, look at where you are. Look at your condition. Matter of fact, now you got to get out there and you got to tell everybody everything that's wrong with you. Religion says, oh, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. But Jesus comes and he says, no, you're redeemed, you're redeemed, you're redeemed. So she would have came and she would have to come through the crowds and, 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 and she would have had to move from where she was. She, she decided after 12 years, I can't stay here anymore. And you know, I wonder tonight how many of you are here and you're on the brink of a miracle and it's not that you're waiting on God, but God is saying you got to get up from where you are. Some of you got to get the mentality to say to yourself, I can't stay here anymore. I can't stay in this depression anymore. I can't stay in this anxiety anymore. I can't stay in this hatred anymore. I can't stay in this anger anymore. I can't live in that moment of betrayal anymore. I can't live in that pain anymore. I got to get up. I've got to get up. See, the devil will try to do everything he can to keep you from pressing Toward Jesus. I can imagine this, that this woman, uh, before she got up, we, w- we will discover that there, she would have probably been in her house and she would have heard, it would have been noised abroad in the city that day that Jesus was in town. She would have been enticed and intrigued by the chatter outside of her windows, that she would have heard the whispers of, of, of things like, did you hear that the man who's open blinded eyes, they say he's the Messiah, he's come to this town. She would have heard things about stories of, did you hear that, that Jack and Jim and Tim heard that he was in a house and they lowered uh, uh, their friend down through the roof and he was lame and now he's, uh, he's standing. She would have heard these things. There would have been a, a chatter. I don't know, maybe it was her family that was in town, her character takers that were there in her house and they would have said things like man there's this man in town by the name of Jesus and everywhere he goes blinded eyes are open everywhere he goes deaf ears are coming on loose and everywhere he goes the lame are walking remember old Bartimaeus he's not blind anymore he's seen and I can imagine that there would have been something inside of her heart to say if I can just make it to him the Bible says for 12 years she was under this issue of blood. For 12 years she had went from doctor to doctor to doctor. And the Bible says that in as she was going from doctor to doctor to doctor, she was broke and still was not healed. She had actually come to a place the Bible said where she had spent and given all of her resources and only grew worse. See, I want you to know that sometimes what we will find, watch this, that when God wants you to move towards your miracle, He will make sure everything you're trusting on other than Him will move you to Him. Don't be surprised when things around your life that you're depending on, that take the place of God, that take the place of your security, that take the place of your surety. Don't be surprised when God drains them so that you have to come to Him. Hallelujah. The first thing... That I want you to know, and if, if, if we're going to see, I truly believe, the, the movement of miracles. And we have to see this. The first thing, if you're taking notes, you write this down. Uh, that I, I want to talk about some things that she had to press through. Because I believe that in the movement of the pressing, the blessing of the pressing, that if we see this in her life, I think if we can see this in our own life, we'll see miraculous things. The first thing that she had to do is she had to press past the pain. I think the reason why a lot of us don't walk in the miraculous is simply because we've allowed pain to bedridden us. And, and, and I know you may not naturally be in your bed, but some of you are in spiritual beds. You're in spiritual beds of pain. You're in spiritual beds of betrayal. You're in spiritual beds of church hurt. Come on, somebody. You're in spiritual beds that, that, have, that you've laid in for, for years. But the first thing this woman did is she, is she got up and pressed past the pain. The lady suffered with a lot of pain in her life. And the pain that she had would have, would have, would have been visual. It would, have been, it would not have easily been hidden. But can I tell you something? Pain hits everyone. Nobody in this room is exempt from pain. Watch this. And when pain hits, it hurts. Come on, somebody. I don't know what your pain is, but I am telling you that if you're going to walk in the miraculous, you got to learn to push past the pain. I don't know what the pain is, but I'm telling you, if you're going to walk in the miraculous, then you have to learn to push past the pain because pain will keep you in your house. Pain will keep you from being in church and being in fellowship. Pain will keep you from submitting to leadership. Pain will keep you from being remarried. Come on, somebody. Pain will keep you in a place What kind of pain? Oh, there's all kinds of pains. There's physical pain, emotional pain, relational pain, financial pain, career pain. Because pain can either paralyze you or pain can propel you. Come on, let me talk to pain in this room tonight. Pain will do one of two things when it shows up in your life. It will either paralyze you or it will propel you. I have learned in my life that if I kept moving in moments of pain, I actually gained momentum. (laughs) <laughs> let me talk to some hurt folk that took hits but they kept walking because what you'll find out is when, when pain presses you and you press through pain it will actually create a momentum in you it will be I, like the leopard said why sit here until we die See, and I'll tell you, there have been moments of my life that I went through things of extreme difficulty. There are moments of my life where I went through extreme pain. There are things that I had to wrestle through that the spirit of suicide came to me because I felt like my life was over. But what I found out, that is if I just pressed past it and I pressed into Jesus, that pain became a propelling agent in my life. And I ran faster, and I ran longer, and I ran harder. And I come to tell you tonight, I'm still running and I'm running after the things of God. I'm pressing into Jesus, but I'm pressing through the pain. Pain will paralyze you or it will propel you. The second thing that I feel like this woman really had to press past, that if we're going to uh, see a miracle that requires movement, is the second thing is she pressed past disappointment. The truth is, is I believe everyone in this room If you're not dealing with pain, then you're very well dealing with some kind of disappointment. The Bible says that she went from doctor after doctor and didn't find any answers to her problem. The lady in Mark 5 was pressed with disappointment. Some of you, even here tonight, you have went from person to person, and it's been a breach of trust, it's been a discouragement it's been a betrayal it's been some kind of disappointing news maybe even physically doctor to doctor only to be told the same report. Can I tell you tonight that when you press past the disappointment, when you take and you put movement in the miracle that there is a blessing in the pressing that when she if, if she would have stayed in disappointment, watch this, she probably would have died. She would have stayed in the house, she would have dried up in the house, and she would, have just, she would have just decayed in that house. But what we find out is because she got up and she pressed past pain, and now she pressed past the disappointment. I realize that the enemy is real. You don't think that she sat there and, and, and probably hurt in her head? Well, he'll just be like every other physician. He'll just be another dollar spent. You're just going to get up, you're going to go, and you're going to come back, and nothing is going to change. It's all going to be the same. The the voice of despair and disappointment showed up. I guarantee it showed up. But she made up her mind that I got to get up out of this place, and I got to move, because sometimes your miracle requires movement. It ain't just going to show up in your life. Sometimes you got to go get it. You gotta get up out of the disappointment. You gotta get up out of the pain. You gotta get out of the betrayal. You gotta get out of the hurt. You gotta get out of the brokenness and allow it to propel you to the hem of Jesus' garment. Huh. The third thing that she pushed past was is that she would have pushed past religion. Can I tell you something? I believe the reason why the church is not walking in the fulfillment of fully what she's called to is because some are still bound. By religion. Religion will bind you, religion will restrict you. Watch this. Religion says put a suit on. (laughs) But go home and cuss your wife out and beat her. But as long as you got it together in the pulpit, as long as you look good in church, come on, somebody. Don't have no tattoos. Don't have no piercings. But you know what I found? I found people that have been tattooed head to toe, and they love God a whole lot more. And they're more sold out in their relationship to Jesus than anybody that's just wearing a suit to look good. Come on, somebody. Jesus came rebuking religion, and guess what he said? He said, woe unto you, religious leaders. He said, you're like whitewashed tombs. He said, "On on the outside, you look really good, but the inside, you're full of dead man's bones. What am I telling you? Jesus don't care about what you look like on the outside. Jesus is looking at your heart. He's looking at what, on the intentions of your heart. You can dress up real good, but you ain't got God fooled. He knows where you are. He knows what you've done. But I can tell you this, religion says stay. Jesus says come. She had to press past religion. Because of her bleeding, she would have been written off as unclean. But yet she pressed past religion To touch Jesus. Can I tell you something? Don't let your mess keep you from pressing towards Jesus. I think one of the greatest lies that religion has sold people on is that you gotta get your life right before you come to the Lord. I don't care, I'm gonna preach this stuff. It, It just is what it is, but it's the word. Like if you're a homosexual, this is what I tell you come to Jesus. If you're a drunk, come to Jesus. If you're a drug addict, come to Jesus. If you're a prostitute, come to Jesus. If you're a racist, come to Jesus. And what I have found out is it's not the church's job to clean you up. It is the church's job to point you to Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And what I have found out is if we just love people, if we encounter people where they are, if we encourage them in their pressing, we will see God begin to pour out in their life. I love fishing, and I've used this illustration so many times, but I've never went fishing and reeled pure white fillets to the boat. Come on, Derek, you know what I'm talking about. Wouldn't that be nice? Set the hook on a, on a, on a three-pound fillet. No guts, no descaling, come on. No heads got to be cut off. Just reel in a fillet, glory to God, throw it on the black stone and fry it up, keep on fishing. You know what's so amazing is when Jesus came, he told his disciples, he said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Why is it that the church thinks our job is to reel fillets to the boat? See, my my job is not to reel fillets to the boat. My job is to reel the fish to the boat. I get the fish in the boat, and then the master chef, Jesus, he cleans the fish. He cleans the fish. Because this is what I found out. When we tell people, oh, if you're going to be a part of the church, you got to quit smoking, you got to quit drinking, you got to quit sleeping around. When we tell people that what we have told them is an impossible task, because in myself, I can't quit sinning. I was born in the nature of sin. I have fallen short of the glory of God. But the blood of Jesus that redeems and restores, if I can just get in touch with the hem of His garment, He'll make me heal. He'll make me whole. And what I have found out is when Jesus cleans them up, it sticks. Let, let religion clean them up. Let religion clean them up. They'll be wearing a suit. They'll look good on the outside, but they got a whole lot of mess on the inside. But you let Jesus clean them up, and we find out that they will wear white robes, and they will be called the redeemed of the Lord. Amen? The thing that you need to understand is you can't get a miracle unless you've gotten a mess. Watch this. What is the prerequisite for your miracle? I'll tell you what it is. Mess. (laughs) This woman would have never needed a miracle if she wasn't a bloody mess. Come on, somebody. And some of you, what religion told you is you are disqualified because you're too messy. But God says because you're messy, you are a candidate for a miracle. Come on, somebody. I'm not preaching sloppy Christianity, but what I am preaching is in the face of religion that says you're rejected when God's word says, no, you are loved and accepted. It's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. That if we will just show them Jesus, we'll see the miraculous healing power of the Lord. I heard a story this last week and I was sharing with this person. I said, you know, religion would never accept that. I heard a story about some guys that were in a bar And they prayed for a lady that had cancer. She went away. Uh, The next week she came back, went to the doctor, and guess what? She's completely healed of cancer. That happened in a bar parking lot. (laughs) I knew y'all wouldn't like that. That's okay. (laughs) What am I telling you? I'm telling you that God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I'm telling you that where where religion tries to say, well, you got to check this box and check this box and check this box, Jesus says, no, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He says, uh, Ephesians 3.20, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly, far more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine, according to the power that's at work within us. Your mess makes you the candidate for a miracle. The fourth thing, and I'm done, is that she had to press past People. And I don't know who needs the miracle tonight, but I'm confident of this that some of you, it's not pain that you're pressing past, it's not disappointment that you're pressing past, and it's not religion that you're pressing past. Some of y'all, the greatest thing that you are fighting in the face of your miracle is the people that are around you. The Bible says that this lady had to press through the crowd to get. To Jesus. Brooke, come on. Some of you need to press past the people in your life. Some of you, the reason why you're not walking in the fullness of the miracle of God in your life is simply because of the fact that you've got people that say you don't belong here. You've got people that are saying, What are you doing here? Don't you? you shouldn't you be at home? What do you mean? You know, I, you don't know how many times I've, I've heard this story. I've had people that I went to high school with that have reached out to me and they said, When I heard Kyle Meyer was a, was a pastor, when I heard Kyle Meyer was a preacher, I said, Ain't no way. And I said, Yeah, I about said that myself. I was in drug addiction, I was in organized crime. We were trafficking cocaine, weapons, and prostitution. That's the lifestyle I was in when Jesus found me. And the message that I heard was a man that looked me in the face while I held a Jack and a Coke and a smoke I smoked a red cigarette. He said, you know God loves you, right? I said, God don't love me, bro. I said, I've made a mess out of my life. And he reassured me of the love of God. See, if it was up to the people in my life, I never would have made it to where I am today. Because people would have told me, no way. You, preacher, no way. Matter of fact, even one of those greatest adversaries I had to deal with was the enemy himself when he told me shortly after I was saved, got saved right here in Sumter It's the reason why our ministry is back here. When the enemy told me, he said, Kyle, if you ever tell people where you're from, what you've done, he said, they'll never accept you. Until about two years, I was in the ministry, and one night I was preaching an outdoor youth crusade out in Dazelle, and God just told me, he said, share your testimony, tell them where you've been, tell them what I've done for you, and I shared my testimony the first time I ever shared it. And that night, 26 young kids gave their heart to Jesus. That night, 26 young kids, Donnie and Lisa were there, they know. 26 kids that night fell in the dirt of a campfire sanctuary and they cried so hard that the dusty floor turned to mud. I remember seeing kids with mud running down their face because dust that was on their face, their tears had soaked them. And I said, my God, for two years, I believed in the lie that if they ever knew who I was, they'd never accept me. But what I found out is really that the power of my testimony is exactly what they needed to hear. And you know what? The truth of it is, is some of you have believed those people that told you you'll never amount to nothing. I'm a firm believer that one of the greatest issues the church has is daddy issues. Some of you have had bad daddies in the, in the natural and because your daddy was a, a, a mean man, an abusive man, sexually molested, whatever it is, you have taken that picture and you have portrayed it on your heavenly father. And I want you to know tonight that that is a lie. Your father in heaven is holy. He is good. He is perfect. He is just. He is the one, the only one that, that will never leave you, never forsake you, never walk away from you. There's people here tonight And your greatest thing that you got to learn to do to move into your miracles, you got to get past these people. The people that are telling you you'll never make it. I'm talking about you got to push past the negative influences, you got to push past the people that speak negative over your life that tell you, there's no way, look what you've done, look where you're from, you've been married this many times, you used to be on drugs, you used to do this, You. I remember when you were this person. Get away from those people and pursue the one who says, I call you my son, I call you redeemed, I call you my beloved, and get away from the voices that are speaking death over your life and find the one that is life. you got to get past the people that are the doubters, You got to get those people out of your life. You got to press past the ones that when you tell them what God's about to do through your life, they say, Ain't no way. You got to say, Yeah, yeah, there is. Yahweh. He is the way. Come on, somebody. You got to get past the haters. But you ready? There's one person you got to get past. I'm going to read some more scripture. We're done, I promise you. The greatest person you got to get past tonight is yourself stand with me all over the house. Some of you, the greatest person you're fighting in this crowd is not religion. It's you. You. The enemy is an absolute adversary. But not everything in our life is a devil. The Bible says that we wrestle even against principalities and powers of darkness in high places but watch this there's something else that we battle and it's called our flesh I'll say 99 out of 100 times it's a devil it's a demon it's a spirit but the one thing that will keep knocking people out is when they think it's the enemy but really it's us that we need to get over it's our flesh that needs to be beaten Mark 5 and 30 says, And at once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. And he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you asked, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear told him the whole truth and he said to her daughter your faith has healed you go in peace and be free from your suffering what happened she merely moved she merely moved She pressed past the pain. She pressed past the disappointment. She pressed past religion and she pressed past people. And when she pressed in with the fullness of her faith to say, I just got to touch him. Jesus said, whoever just touched me, something was different. His disciples said, what do you mean all these people thronging on you, all these people touching you, and you're asking who touched you? And what Jesus said is he said, no, there was something different in this touch. This wasn't a common touch. This wasn't somebody that bumped up against me. This was somebody with faith. Hebrews eleven six says, now without faith, it's impossible. It's impossible to please God. There was a faith that latched onto him that said, if I can just make it. And when she touched him, the healing virtue shot out of Jesus and into it and caused every infirmity to leave her and she was made whole the blessing was in her pressing and you know what such is true for some of you that you have to be willing to move past whatever is standing between you and him